time for me to just go ESPN Plus, and that's it, and yeah. just move forward. Well, that's that's pretty much what's we'll happened see. with me. Is I mean, look, it's it's not cheap. I think it's like seventy mm-hmm. a month to have all the sports bells and whistles on Fubo TV. Right. But you know, that's really all I need is the sports. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Enough of our tomfoolery. Blame True Sooner for that. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Our three of the Plank Show is brought to you by Mop and Roofing, and this is the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, located right in the heart of Newcastle, where, where real gamers go to play, R-E-E-L, get it? NewcastleCasino.com, become a rewards member, and you'll get great benefits. And our guy, who's our guy out there? Though? He was great, the bartender at the Sports Bar and Grill. You got to go check it out, NewcastleCasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. That's a pretty good tease, right? You know, our buddy, the bartender, the guy. Go see him. Big story five. <laughs> yes, go see our buddy. See, I, I want to say he said his name was, was Tyler, but then I feel bad because he was so freaking awesome that I'm just terrible with names. Maybe it was Tanner. But then I think, wait, Tanner's my neighbor. Then maybe it was, maybe it was Mike, but I, Mike I would remember. Mark? was who I hung out with two nights ago and a little bit yesterday. Yeah, I, I'm terrible at names, Josh. And but go see them. Don't take it personal. We, we love all of you. It's just uh, Plank and I, we don't – it takes us a couple of no, learning the it. names. You, you can say it. I'm awful when it comes to names. Well, all right, a, big story to find. A lot of people you're meeting. <laughs> I uh, am still searching for and haven't found much more information on the events that last night in Dell City. In the Millwood Dell City basketball game, uh, re- well, I, I keep saying reports, but a fight broke out, and there were two shots, two to three shots that were fired inside the arena. There is a video that's made the rounds. If you haven't seen it by now, you can easily find it on Twitter or Facebook. It's where the two broadcasters they hear the gunshots and they immediately, you know, they they throw it to break, and, and everyone's kind of ducking for cover. So very scary moment during a high school basketball game. Uh, here, here's what ends up happening in this, and this is what sucks for, well, first of all, I, I hope no one lost their life, most importantly. That's what would suck. And according to the reports, as far as injuries are concerned, they took one unnamed person to a, a hospital, but it was in a non, it was in a private vehicle. It wasn't in like a ambulance or anything like that. So at least the reports we have this morning is that, you know, outside of the unknown nature of the victim of the shooting it seems as if everyone is safe only i could imagine very shook and you know i can remember i think i think uh kevin in tulsa was on the air comfort solutions text line earlier josh maybe we can find it for the bottom of the hour talking about a game that he covered last night that was just friends and family uh i can remember when when mclean high school was a thing uh booker t and mclean played several games without fans in the arena because there'd be fights. You know, we got to stop. we got to stop this, man. I understand it's punk kids, but when it starts pulling out to, to guys pulling or gals pulling out a piece, it's just, what are we even doing? So we'll continue to monitor for news tonight. 
our news today from the shooting last night and just hope and pray that everyone is okay. Dell City moved to virtual learning today, and obviously we'll continue to see if there's anything more that comes out of this. All right, big story number four. Number four. All right, so two OU-related notes. Let's start with Bray Walker into the portal, Sooner offensive lineman. Um, A guy that when you see him, Josh, is just a beast of a man. I mean, he is one of the biggest dudes I've ever seen in my life. And he came in with a lot of hype. If you think about it, getting Bray Bray Walker (laughs) was a big deal for Oklahoma whenever he signed with OU, but whether it was, you know, the challenges of stepping up to that next level, if it was footwork, if it was, I don't know, whatever, it just never really materialized on the field. And I'll tell you what, he was at everything. I mean, it's not one of those guys that you look back and think, oh, well, you know, didn't see him engage with his teammate. No, he was there. He was at every game, and he seemed to be engaged, but – for him, I feel like it's another one of those names that we've had as someone in the portal for a long time, not like Marcus Alexander yesterday, but now he makes it official today on the final day when you can submit your name for the portal, and I don't necessarily know if that magically means it opens up another O-line spot for the Sooners. I kind of think that they would know that that was going to be a spot that they had. Yeah, probably My so. And, and you went and got Caleb Schaefer and Walter Rouse, so obviously Oklahoma has been – active in the the transfer portal at uh, at the offensive line to go along with what you've signed in this class with Caden Green, uh, Joshua Bates, and others. So Oklahoma's known, right, that, you know, in addition mm-hmm. to Anton Harrison and Wanye Morris leaving for the National Football League, that uh, probably there was some other shuffling of the deck as well. Uh, the other big story that I have here, number four, is breaking throughout the show today. As expected, the Oklahoma Sooners are preseason number one in the Big 12. Of the seven first-place votes, they amassed six of them. You cannot vote for your own team. So in that sense, it was unanimous, and Oklahoma State was second, receiving the only other first-place vote. So that kind of gives you an idea. Patty Gasso uh, in in Oklahoma seemed to be pretty high on Oklahoma State as a, a big opponent this year. And keep in mind, too, they go to Stillwater and Texas comes to Norman this season. So maybe, maybe that factored into it a little bit. Uh, we do have to go to Stillwater this year. <laughs> Don't want to give those rowdies any more fuel than they actually need. And D1Softball.com, D1Softball.com released its preseason top 25. They had the Oklahoma Sooners at number one as expected. Anything else to add on the softball or portal side before we move to the NFL and big story three, Josh? Yeah, uh, Oklahoma softball is dominant. This is breaking news uh, for everybody out there. The, what, (laughs) I think I said nine top 100 D1 softball players according to their preseason list, and the text line quickly said, yeah, it was actually 10 top 100 (laughs) players on this Oklahoma roster. So just amazing the wealth of talent that that team has. And, look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think that – Similar to 2021 and 2022, Plank, deep into the couple of months into this season, we're going to be talking about a team that hasn't lost a game. We need to have a conversation about that, too, at some point. You know, I was talking with T. Rowe about the family meeting I need to have, about understanding that when you go to Sam's, you don't say no thank you to the snack 
you grab it and how we're going to have a family meeting, maybe some therapy, to where my wife said no thank you yesterday when we were walking around Sam's to chicken, Josh, chicken. Not like a liquid. Not like a want to try this little yogurt drink. No, no, no. This was like a this was a premier gig. This was a premium get at Sam's. She said no thank you. Just like that, I have to have a family conversation. We need to have a show conversation about this undefeated talk. Because I, I don't think I'm going to be able to stop it. So big story, number three. Number three. My hope is, though, that we can slow it down just a bit. Yeah, I'll try and curtail I don't think it. Gas it's, good, it's, good luck. Good luck because when you look at the schedule, it's hard not to. But I do – I do think everyone wants to see a team go undefeated, but Josh, I also don't think you're going to have Patty Gasso complaining too much if they they have a, a loss or two that can serve as a motivational thing for them, right? Challenge their hunger, no doubt. And you're looking at the the guiltiest party across from you over here because I, it's hard for me not to kind of fall into that trap every season of can Oklahoma do this? And that's that's. Not to disrespect the opponent or the schedule or anything, Plank. That's right. That's, that's just how great this OU team is and this program is Agreed. right now. It's a possibility. It's a, it's a definite possibility. And they're playing an incredibly challenging schedule. All right, big story number three. Let's hit a couple of NFL notes first since we're all about guys who played for Oklahoma. As Philadelphia gets set for what I think is a fascinating game, Josh, because – the Giants and the Eagles have played each other twice already. Um, obviously, they've been relatively good games. And, unfortunately, the last game they played, the Giants didn't play their starters. Philadelphia had to for like a half. But here's what Jalen Hurts had to say about the dreaded bounty talk, which I found rather curious ahead of this weekend's matchup. It's football. Um, I, got a hit. I got a bounty on me every week I go out there on the field, so – um, go out there and just play my game. You know, whatever happens, happens. So interesting. I I I wonder. Now again, Jalen Hurts was saying bounty in the sense of, yeah, people want to take me out. I'm a marked right? man. I'm a marked man, but I don't. I don't think we got like a. Jimmy Johnson, Sean Payton type of a bounty going on here whenever it comes to Jalen Hurts. I don't think that's what he meant, but I would imagine right. Roger Goodell in the NFL <laughs> office is like, uh, yeah, can we try and avoid using the phrasing of bounties? <laughs> oh, um, Is he going to take him to the Super Bowl? Uh, he's got a great chance to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, the familiarity, being a divisional opponent, uh, I, I like uh, a lot of what the Giants have been able to do. But, you know, the one game really wasn't all that close. And the other game, like you said, was sort of a weird game at the you know final week of the season where both teams were missing a bunch, and that was the close one. So the first game in New York was a blowout for uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Eagles. So I, I expect this to be much more competitive because it's the divisional round, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, I just think Philadelphia is quite a bit better than the Giants, so I think they're playing for a trip to the Super Bowl next week. I wonder what type of over-officiating reaction there's going to be to the complaining about their kind of consistent bush push. Now, NFL teams are starting to complain about the way that they're lining up behind Jalen on those short yardage situations. I wonder what kind of reaction that'll get. All right, um, the other NFL 
off-season note. So we, we've got a couple of – we have, what, six vacancies now in the NFL? You've seen a couple of coaches start to pull their name out. I think you'll see some coaches get hired over the next few weeks. Uh, Indianapolis has basically interviewed every single assistant coach in, in the NFL right now, which is amazing. Jim Harbaugh got his raise, so he pulled out of everything on Tuesday. You've got the Derek Carr dilemma where he ends up, and will it be a trade, or are the Raiders just going to have to cut him? And then will the Raiders bring in Tom Brady? But there's another quarterback chip that is in this conversation, Josh, and that is Aaron Rodgers once again who talked with Pat McAfee yesterday about what his decision-making process will be if he decides and wants to return to Green Bay. It's just taking some time, taking some time, pausing, letting kind of all the emotions kind of run through you, and then and then starting to see how it feels day after day and, and what's coming to mind. You missing it, not missing it, you excited about the next season, new challenge, whatever it might be, and, and then uh, kind of lean into that, that feeling, and whatever feels right in your body is probably what it's going to be. I think it's got to be a full... Yes, it's got to be like, yes, 100% I'm yeah. in. Uh, and if it's not that, then you're out. Hmm. You changing your opinion? And I don't have my Google Doc in front of me. You know, I started with he was done. Uh, by last Friday, I was he's coming back to the Packers. You've been staunch throughout, Josh. Which way are you now? I still think he's coming back. And I think he's, he's going another round in Green Bay. You can't really trade him. I mean, you, you just can't. And you're not going to get in return what you want. You can't just cut him because you'll be stuck with a $40 million dead cap hit. I'll tell you what, I, I, I really want to like Aaron Rodgers. And I've loved watching him throughout his career. He is, without a doubt, one of the best throwers of the football I think I've ever watched. I know that sounds corny when you're talking about a quarterback but I like I love watching him and Patrick Mahomes I I guess Allen you know you add Josh Allen yeah the the way Justin Herbert I mean I I throw Carr in there because I love watching him throw the deep ball these are dudes that I love watching you know throw the football previous to me you're like previous generations Peyton Manning Elway Marino I mean it's a little bit different coming off the arm of Aaron Rodgers than it is even some of these other guys in the National Football League. He's special. Remember that dorky thing that Teddy used to make fun of us for saying about Spencer Rattler? Oh, it comes out of his hand differently. Aaron Rodgers, it comes out of his hand differently. With all of that said, I'm so done with this. I love it from a content perspective, right? But if I'm a Packer fan, I'm over it. As an NFL fan, I'm over it. Just make a decision. They gave you everything you wanted last year, everything financially you wanted. Couldn't hold on to Devontae Adams because Devontae wanted out to go play with his boy, and you wanted to be paid. And they couldn't justify paying Devontae what the Raiders did. Which, by the way, the Raiders have a $40 million decision to make on Devontae Adams in March, Josh. $40 million. So if they're willing to say no to Derek Carr, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Devontae Adams isn't a Raider next year. But I digress. $40 million. I'm getting done. I'm getting tired of Aaron Rodgers. All right, big story number two. Number two. All right, so college basketball is big story number two, and big story number one. Number one. Ah, number one. Number one. We didn't have the eye contact, so I just wanted to make sure. So, big story two is recapping last night. Great finish between Kansas State and Kansas. 
we take you to overtime when one of the best stories, not just in the Big 12, but in college basketball, Keontae Johnson makes a play that might have been one of the biggest plays of the early season in the college basketball season. Desi gets it into Marquise Noel. Shot clock now at 20. Here comes K-State. There's the lob for Key, and he stuffs the ball. He got the stuff. I was so worried, Josh. I was so worried after that dunk, so worried that they were going to tee him up because he kind of gave that stare, right, and it had been it had been the ref show for a majority of the night. I was so worried that they were going to tee him up, but what a gutsy play. What an incredible finish. Kansas State gets the win. Here was the final call on the K-State radio network. Six seconds to go. He'll drive to the left towards the baseline. Loses the ball. He's on the floor. One second to go. It's over. It's over. It's over. Kansas State has won the game. 83-82. The Wildcats have upset the second-ranked team in the country. Wyatt Thompson, great call. He's Big so win good. for Kansas State. Now, and you brought this up earlier, Josh, as far as Kansas State is concerned. It's not just a, wow, they went out and beat Kansas. It's a, man, Jerome Tang seems like he's got things cooking there at Kansas State. This might be a program that's kind of kind of like Baylor, right? They're going to be a problem for more than just what happened out there last night. Absolutely. I mean, you just look at what – Tang's reputation was coming to Mm K-State. What he's already doing, has done in his time in the Little Apple, who he's signing, who they're targeting, the fact that, oh, by the way, they're already doing this this quickly, Plank just makes it to where, yeah, that sales pitch, it's easy to make that sales pitch now. And there's steam behind said sales pitch. So I don't think they're going anywhere. And look out, Jayhawks, you got yourself a pesky rival now. Baylor keeps Texas Tech winless while Iowa State upset Texas. When we come back, we'll talk about big story number one. Porter Moser was on the T-Row in the morning show today. If you missed that full interview, it's on our podcast page right now at kref.com or simply search KREF, however you consume podcasts. We'll hear from the coach on his game plan to shut down Oklahoma State tonight right here on The Ref. All right, Bedlam basketball tonight, later one. Later one, so make sure you get your rest. A little nappy time. Or, or, grab a cup of coffee, whatever. You know, there's um, there's a couple new coffee options in town, Josh Helmer. And so far, neither are on my way into work. There's a Dunkin' that is on, what, Main Street, and there's another one that's opening up in Norman on, what, Porter and Robinson? Is that right? I think it is. But you have that as a coffee option. You have, and I guess what, Gray Owl, the, the, are the, is that what it's called over on Main Street? It is. I'm sorry, that's not, yeah. It's, it's on Gray Street. Owl's over there? Yeah, thank you. Got, got an opportunity to get some good tasting coffee. So if you need something to keep you up, Dutch Brothers, relatively new in town. Um, though I will say... We're bigger fans of what's right across the street. It's me. But, yeah, maybe need a cup of coffee to stay up a little late tonight because we'll bring the juice on the road to Fort Worth as Oklahoma takes on TCU tonight. In women's basketball, we'll be on the air at 6 o'clock. Pre-game show, 6.30 tip on the Sooner Radio Network. And on our flagship, 
in Norman, KREF, 1499.3 FM. All right, we'll roll through the text line after the bottom of the hour or when we come back. But, Josh, I wanted to go a little deeper into the Oklahoma State uh, matchup for Oklahoma tonight. And when Porter Moser was on with T. Rowe, they talked about getting Tanner Groves more involved. Now, uh, I don't think it takes a rocket surgeon to realize that things aren't necessarily uh, coming in waves for Tanner Groves, but they absolutely want to see him get a little bit more involved. Here's what Porter Moser said about it on Toby's show this morning. You know what? A little both. You know, he's, it's, we definitely want him to take more than two shots. I mean, he's a, a key guy. He's one of our leading returning scorers. He's averaging 10 a game this year. Um, you know, for him, I, I said, don't doubt your shot because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Keep shooting him. And he has passed up some. Um, but he, he in rhythm, he slowed down. He slowed down. He wasn't rushing it. And his two threes looked like his threes of old. Um, you know, I want him to get a couple post-ups in transition. I want, to, I want him to manufacture some. Go get an offensive rebound, a couple of them. Go get, outrun some of your transition. Go get a quick post-up. We have plenty of actions that where you can duck, duck in and get some post-ups. And I just want him to be more aggressive thinking, you know, a shot here, a rebound there, two points there. He's, gotta, he's just got to get that all-around aggressiveness. And he is. I'm telling you, the kid cares so much. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for him. He's had a great couple of days of practice. I think there's a chance, Josh, for him to have a pretty good game tonight. Um, I like Boone a lot for for Oklahoma State. He was really active in their game on Saturday. But I, I do think there's opportunities that could open up to where Tanner Groves could have a pretty pretty big game tonight, maybe even, dare we say, like a bounce-back game tonight for Groves. I liked what he said there. I mean, look, just – generally speaking be aggressive find another way to go get a basket that doesn't necessarily come within the flow of the offense but bottom line is you know two shots for him is not enough and really you know when you finish seven of seven combined Jalen Hill it's okay to take more than five shots as well I know that it's you know Sherfield's your leading guy and you just Mm -hmm. you know quick box score dive would tell you that you know You've got a player for Oklahoma that averages 17 and what? Oklahoma State's got a trio of guys right at about the the 10 points per game mark. So Oklahoma's got the one quote-unquote takeover guy, and Oklahoma State maybe is a little bit more searching for that guy. But that shouldn't for Oklahoma mean that both Jalen Hill and Tanner Groves can't be aggressive and get some shots up too. Here is what – I agree. I agree. And when you say looking for that guy, right, um, I've – you know, obviously there's – no other way to put it. I'm kind of biased towards Bryce Thompson because I went to college with his parents, right? Uh, TU legend point guard, uh, Rod Thompson. His mom was Goldie Rogers, who was a really good track and field athlete for, for Tulsa. I kind of hoped whenever he had made his decision to transfer from KU that he might end up at the University of Tulsa. But uh, it appears as if he's getting better, right? There's a guy that, you know, at Kansas couldn't really find his spot, got to OSU last year. It was kind of a learning year for him, and you know they had some pretty damn good players last year too in Stillwater. But you get the sense that Bryce Thompson is really starting to find his role at Oklahoma State. But you're right; it's not to the degree where he's their numero uno go-to like it appears Oklahoma has in Sherfield. With that in mind, Josh, here's what Porter said earlier about the two to three keys for Oklahoma to have success tonight against the Cowboys. 
you know, consistently moving the ball. I mean, not, not you know, getting good possessions because their defense is so good on the first drive, you just can't drive and, and take your shot. You got to scramble them. We got to have, we got to get them moving. Um, you know, obviously the crowd, you know, handling the crowd, communicating uh, offense and defensively, it'll be bedlam. It'll be crazy there. Um, being able to handle the crowd. And, and then for us as well is, is really guarding their guards. I mean, they, they guard that pick and roll. The way they do that pick and roll, they got rim rolling uh, guys that can dunk. You can't let that guy get behind you, and where you got to get help from the backside. And then really, you know, their guards, they can get going. Like at, at Kansas, they had Kansas 10 at Kansas. You know, Bryce Thompson got loose. They, they really got loose. Their guards at Kansas, we got to control their guard play. There you go. That is Porter Moser. If you want to hear the full interview, it's available right now on the KREF well, website, KREF.com, or search KREF, however you consume podcasts. He mentioned the crowd. Josh, when we come back, I want to get your perspective on what the Sooners might be walking into and maybe an, an under-the-radar key for the Sooners tonight, plus your air comfort solutions and texts as we head down the stretch on Ref Radio Network. Somewhere between that set and sun, I'm on fire. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. All right, so, Josh, before we hit the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line, we were talking during the break about teams that we're now kind of entering into the national championship conversation for college basketball. What did you in, in Alabama, right? Very much in that conversation. Agreed with Nate Oates? Absolutely. They're they're on the one line as we Agreed. speak. And a lot of people feel like with Kansas's loss, and maybe even before it, they're their number one overall seed. What did you make of the backlash that Nate Oates received from his decision to have Ray Lewis speak to the team? And the theory is uh, I don't know why the, the player's name escapes my mind, but he had uh, one of his players who's been uh, involved in a, in a murder case. And, I mean, now we understand that the Alabama basketball player is being he's, – he's a guy that's starting to confess to some things. He's like, listen, I wasn't the shooter, but I provided the gun. And so his career and probably a lot of his life is – well, his basketball career is over. And a lot of his life is going to be spent behind bars. And so Nate Oates thought, huh, who's somebody that's been involved in a murder case oh my that can probably help my guys understand how to feel about this? So he turned to Ray Lewis to talk to the team. Now, I want to be clear. I thought this was a joke. I thought I was falling for something from, like, Barry. Uh, BS Sports, Sports Barry. right? Or I thought this was a Barry sports talk, right? But no, it was real. And there's a part of me that now, maybe I should rephrase that. I don't know if he had Ray talk to the team as much as he reached out to him. So um, there, there's obviously a major difference there. And but I mean, just turning to a guy that was in that situation, I found to be pretty interesting, Josh. And I don't really know how to feel about it. Yeah, I don't think it's – Is it a bad move? Yeah, it's definitely a bad move. It's – there's just <laughs> right? there's just nothing good that comes out of it from a public relations standpoint. I mean, maybe – maybe – Right, right. 
maybe he can offer some sort of guidance to this individual. But beyond that, as soon as you, I, anybody catches wind of this, it's not received well. So part of it's just reading the temperature in the room and understanding, no. you know what, I'm the leader of this program, and it's just not going to be positive for us. It's not going to be a good look. But I haven't seen too terribly much backlash from it. Maybe people are still on a on a high after what happened with the Kansas State-Kansas game last night. But yeah, Nate Oates talking to Ray Lewis, trying to best understand the situation involving one of his players who's been a – Involved in a capital murder case. Unbelievable. All right, it's 1144, Josh. What has caught your eye on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Well, uh, immediate response. Nate Oates may need to be fired for such a thing. I don't I don't know if uh, maybe that's the case, <laughs> but uh, that's one immediate response out there. I, I, I would say... I don't there's no handbook for this, right? How do you handle that? I have no idea. But I this is me. This is me. This is Chris Plank. Okay? I'm not trying to say how you're supposed to or how you would do it. I think I would reach out to local authorities. I think I would reach out to a couple people and who's to say Nate Oates didn't do this? A couple people on campus. I'm, I might even reach out to people in the faith-based community. I don't think my first call is to Ray freaking Lewis, who is part of a murder trial. Right. Who, I don't. Who basically, That's just me. Who basically plank whether, whether or not it's right or wrong, there's a strong portion of the public that feels like basically got away with his involvement in a murder case. Right. Right, exactly. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. Anything else that you wanted to get to on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? There's a few good ones. The old prep page as well. Well, why don't I head on over to the prep page and I can share one or two of these with oh, you? Oh, I would take that as a big answer to no. I told you guys, Josh hates your texts, <laughs> and the fact that I've taken the text line away from him makes him so happy that he doesn't have to deal with your BS incessantly. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> why, why are you not talking about this? Is there something wrong? Why are you not political? Why are you talking about things on the left? Why aren't you talking about things on the right? Vice versa. I've, I, I've worn that armor for a while. I can handle it. But anything else good this caught your eye? Let's see. Somebody wanted us to spread the word. PSA for me, Plank, please. I, I, and I don't think this is true, but this is their words. I know OU fans hate basketball, but all OU fans should come to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament <laughs> this year. Both teams will be a mile apart and both have a chance to make a run. Oh, and by the way, there's tons of fun stuff to do in Kansas City. It is one of, one of the events that I want to attend so badly. I want to attend the Big 12 tournament. I have never been able to because of the softball schedule. And I want to say the last time I got to go to the Big 12 tournament, Josh, I want to say it was in Oklahoma City. So I haven't got to go to one in Kansas City. I think I've, I think it was the women's tournament that I got to cover. So I, I as far as bucket list things for your boy – the 
the Big 12 tournament is a definitive yes. And, you know, I've been telling a lot of people this that are complaining. I have a lot of family that want to come in and watch softball. And I've told them, hey, you know, your best bet is to come early in the season. They're playing two tournaments in – they're playing two tournaments in Oklahoma City at the Hall of Fame Stadium. There's more seating. You could see a lot of different teams. And there's nothing against Marita Hines Field. But this is an opportunity with a larger fan base and um, obviously in a place that the World Series is going to be played. So, you know, when people are asking me about, hey, how can I get softball tickets? I'm like, I would start trying to get to the tournament that's being played in Oklahoma City. I think it's, uh, if my memory serves me correct, I want to say it's either the third or fourth week of the season. But I would add that same thing for basketball, though, you know, not a lot of people complaining about not being able to get tickets to the LNC. My point is, if you're complaining about the LNC, if you're complaining about the fan experience there, Josh, you know, there's nothing better than the Sprint Center from what I've been told and the atmosphere inside of there and the energy. You've got all 10 teams represented. You've got all their fans there. And sure, maybe by maybe by the second day, there's a handful of teams that are gone, but then out of nowhere comes more Kansas fans or more Kansas State fans or more Iowa State fans. And listen, Kansas City, not a necessarily hop, skip, and a jump, but by no means is it like you're driving to Iowa uh, mm-hmm. or, or you're driving to St. Louis. It's not a bad drive either to get out and be able to watch the best conference in college football play its, play its tournament. It's incredible. So just one more, and this is uh, shifting of the gears a little bit before we take our final T.O., Hard to believe, this is from OU Architect, hard to believe the Big 12 can't find a scheduling program with algorithms that will spit this out as long <laughs> as there's good input. I I was thinking that same thing last night, OU Ar- Architect, and you're a very practical person, and I feel like I am too. It's like, this this makes sense. Why Why would this be so hard? But I also... I am fascinated to truly understand what that fight is like behind the scenes to either play or not play Oklahoma and Texas. Like I'm fascinated to see what that's like. Is is Houston and UCF are they fighting like, hey, we want OU and Texas on our schedule. We want we, we've only got one these teams to play, we want them. Or is it a situation where the Big Twelve is saying yeah, no, we're not going to have TCU or Kansas State or Baylor, Oklahoma State play OU in Texas because those are four teams that have a, a really good shot of doing something in the, in the league. Or, or maybe Oklahoma State's not in that mix. I don't know. Maybe it's, hell, I don't know, Josh, Kansas, <laughs> based on the way things are going. That's what I think the unknown quotient, the unknown aspect of this is, right? Because I'm with you. You would think it would be very simple to just sit there and figure out, Okay, so we've got X, Y, and Z teams. Let's go. These guys can't play on this date. OU and Texas are leaving next year, so let's make sure we get another Bedlam. Maybe we punish OU and Texas by sending them to to Lubbock and Fort Worth again. Boom, there you go. But then maybe it's also a case where, yeah, we don't want our teams playing them. That's still, when you look at talents, two two of the most talented teams in the league, let's protect our best investments. I, I don't know. I would love to know, Josh, what that fight is looking like behind the scenes right now. Yeah, I know. It's fascinating trying to wrap our minds around why why this isn't done. So, I don't know. Hopefully soon. 
Fascinating and frustrating. Okay, when we come back right here on The Ref, we'll give you some final thoughts on Bedlam tonight. And like I said, I've got women's hoops, and that's coming up locally on our flagship in Norman, 1499.3 FM tonight with a 6 o'clock pregame to get you ready for the 630 tip. Some final notes on that as well next right here on The Ref. All right, final segment for us right here on The Ref with Josh on Plank. All right, I'd mention maybe a couple of under-the-radar keys for tonight. Can I... Can I propose one under-the-radar key for tonight, Josh Helmer? No, we're out of time. No, go ahead. All right, so we will see you guys back here. No, I think I think Sam Godwin is an under-the-radar key for the Sooners tonight. I feel like, and this isn't just because I wrote about him, I feel like we don't spend enough time talking about him and the difference that he has made. He has become a dude with Oklahoma, and I don't know where they are without him right now. So – Give me Sam Godwin as a guy that I think is going to have a nice night tonight. Now, again, I'm not talking about a dude that I think is going to go out and score 30 or, you know, grab 20 rebounds. But in these in these Bedlam games, you need a gnat. You need a, an annoyance. And I think he can be that tonight and just doing all the little things that are necessary for Oklahoma to have success. Agree? I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, somebody's got to do something to try and slow down Caleb Boone. So there you go. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't want to get Tanner Groves in foul trouble, right? You want him to be able to, to be ready to go. Maybe you throw a few more athletic bodies, bodies at him as well. So give me an extra eye on Sam Godwin tonight. Josh, have a great rest of your day. Also, something to keep an eye on tonight. Maddie is – or excuse me, Taylor Robertson is chasing the all-time three-point record. I think we're at eight away. From the all-time three-point record in college basketball history, I'd love for her to go nuts and, and break that tonight. But we'll be on the air at 6 p.m. with the pregame show, 6.30 with a tip for OU women in Fort Worth against TCU. Josh, have a great rest of your day, buddy. You too, my friend. Travel safe. Have fun tonight. At Josh on Ref at Plank Show, the show never stops. Steel Man and Thune at noon are next.